Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, hey, Elliot, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. We're on episode 30, yeah. Oh, this is this is the big 3-0. This, this is the big 3-0, man. Oh, well, looky there, the big 3-0. <laughs> uh, I mean, geez, I mean, what's happened in the past? We've had the Super Bowl happen yes. over here in Los Angeles. A crazy time. Bunch the Oscar of, nominations bunch of came out. Oscar nominations came out. I mean, it's a big time of the year. Yeah. Especially in LA. Exactly. I mean, LA, go Rams. <laughs> uh, uh, I know you wanted Joe I, Burrow I, to win. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, yeah, football okay. aside, we have two really amazing films that we just watched. And, well, I'm going to let you start it off with this. Uh, what were your thoughts on Tick, Tick, Boom and rent oh man i mean i really hope that tick tick boom wins wins something at the at the academy awards this year i truly believe mm-hmm. it deserves it it has such a I, 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 to me it has such just like a, a beautiful and i've said this before about other films we watch but i truly believe with tick tick boom and after seeing rent i understand it a lot more right because mm-hmm. the of course andrew garfield's character is portraying jonathan larson who wrote both tick tick boom and or did he actually write tick tick is that yeah he yeah did. he did Sorry. he because he, he actually wrote yeah he wrote tick tick boom and then he wrote rent it was a one-man play uh that larson put on uh and he it was really the first play that he started writing and mm-hmm. perf- trying to get produced in some way or fashion uh before he turned 30 and that's kind of the premise of the, the movie itself, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Larson's played by Andrew Garfield. Uh, I'm at, like, I, I, I'm really, I know he's Spider-Man, but he can sing and uh, he's amazing as Larson. It's he like they become one on screen. And oh, yeah, I looked up pictures of Larson and I was like, this is it. It was perfect like casting. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect casting with this particular play that he was trying to do it was basically a semi-autobiographical rep uh play about his own life and him trying to put on a play so it's like this it has this multi-layered thing where it's a play within a play which i really dig those types of films because they have a very um internal spiritual and also symbolic side to them as well as an artistic side to them as well and it actually has like three layers to it because in essence mm-hmm. it's also kind of a semi-autobiographical uh representation of even Miranda Lynn Manuel Miranda's own life of mm-hmm. him breaking in and basically you know creating Hamilton well first for Miranda it was uh in the heights and he got because of in the heights he was then able to then go on and make his grand opus Hamilton well much like Jonathan Larson Tick, tick, boom was his first foray into the theater genre, and he then was able to then go back and write Rent, and which then came out. And unfortunately, he never got to see Rent. Uh, he he died at a really young age. He died in what was it, nineteen ninety five, from a brain aneurysm. Before and right as the play was going on, it was Broadway. the night it was going up. It was the night it was going up. The first official night. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, so, and which is kind of Miller. weird. It's it's really weird, and yeah. that that would happen. But it was you know he was taken from us too soon 
but he, and he never got to see his uh, amazing play rent. I think he worked his whole life for literally. Exactly. His 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 uh masterpiece basically. In my opinion, I think rent was like his masterpiece. Tick tick boom really. There's elements of tick tick boom in rent too. Oh, absolutely. So. The the concept of just the concept of time and and you know worrying about like with with rent you have that oh how are we going to pay this? They, they list off all those different things that you know you have to t- you have to take care of and make sure you take care of all the different bills and things, and they're not going to pay it or whatever. Yeah. But one of the things I really wanted Don't to get back to with Tick yeah, I know you were listening to it earlier. You told me, I know. I mean, I feel like that's most people in in, in Los Angeles, uh, L.A. County every month don't want to pay rent. rent. <laughs> well, then the, some people don't pay rent. I know. And, and the thing is, like, they're also sticking it to the band by not paying their rent. And it's about the struggling artist and how they try to create and and make something in this life that they're given. And mm-hmm. some of us only have like a blink of an eye and it's taken away. The light, our life is taken away from us. And both films deal with, you know, the whole advent of the 1990s uh, battle with AIDS that cropped mm-hmm. up. And much like the movie Philadelphia, this really hits uh, on a very emotional level because of how they portray their friends dying around them who have AIDS or homosexual and, and have AIDS themselves and them having to come to grips with their own mortality and also the helplessness that they feel at that particular moment in, in their lives. And the fact that it was such a common thing back then, right? Like nowadays, right? It's, we have the medicine, you know, and unfortunately it hits the people that we love and care about and stuff. And um, I found it really interesting that tick, tick, boom kind of sets the stage. If you watch these two together, you have um, watch tick, tick, boom first, then watch rent because you catch my joke there. uh, Did it sets, it sets the stage, you know, (laughs) I mean, to interrupt you there. I just had to, I had to make sure you heard that. I think, I think that went over my head. I was, I was too, 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 uh, worried about making the connection. I was too into it, man. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, but it does set the stage. But as long as they don't break a leg on stage, that's that's good. So, <laughs> no, you want to break a leg, that's, but you that's do want to break luck. a leg. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not luck. literally. Don't literally break a leg, yeah, but but figuratively, figuratively yes. break a leg. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ali, go ahead, go ahead. Didn't didn't mean to interrupt you there with my my pun, but I, I just had to <laughs> but had to, had to all, lay it all, on there. All, all puns aside, as well as the NFL. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it, all, it all circles back to the Super Bowl. I guess I don't know. But anyway, um. But Tick, Tick, Boom and Rent, yeah, you really should watch Tick, Tick, Boom first because it really gives you an idea of where a lot of the themes, well, thematic Mm -hmm. themes of the characters, because the characters are very similar in both films. Like they have, like Rent has its own counterparts to the characters in Tick, Tick, Boom, you know, Mimi Mm -hmm. and and, uh, uh, Larson's um, girlfriend, Susan. And, you know, like, or, you know, Ira Weitzman and Benny, you know, uh, Caressa and Maureen, Freddie and Angel, Mark and, you know, Jonathan himself. I would say Mark, the main character of Mark and Rent is very much like Jonathan. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's interesting because he's seeing the, his, his friends 
through a lens in a sense because he's making a documentary in rent so the premise of rent is basically as you said everyone's struggling to pay rent these struggling artists uh one's a go-go dancer mimi's a go-go dancer um i think tom is like a ex-professor it's never really clear if he has money or not in the in the uh in the like the film um you know maureen's like this kind of like pop star but she's also like kind of like an indie pop star who basically puts on these very elaborate artistic uh expression in the artist in the artist world these are your yeah. like avant-garde your jobs. very avant-garde your yeah. survival jobs basically exactly. you know to to and that that's something i really wanted to point out that you really made me it was one of the biggest points i realized watching you know watching tick tick boom and then going into rent is that I feel like Tick Tick Boom is the perfect encapsulation of an artist's life. Mm-hmm. Like that's really how it is. People oh, yeah. kind of are like, you know, that that if you're not an artist, you really truly don't get h- how how that life is because you know, t- I feel like in other in other occupations, you know, you go to your nine to five, you work Monday through Friday, you get your vacation time, whatever it is. For an artist, you mm-hmm. work a job, you work a gig, it could be a great gig, but then once you're done with that gig, you're unemployed, and it's like. If that's the only gig you book, you got to find ways to pay rent. I mean, case in point here, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like Tick, Tick, Boom really just... I, I was I was so encapsulated by that because any artist has been, at, been to that point or is at that point right now in their life, especially if you're, you know, a starting out, if you're just, a, as they call it, the starving artist, right? Like if you're just yeah. starting out. And it also made me get like, just have a greater appreciation for writers because for an actor, you know, you can bounce around, do a lot of different things in the, in the world of, you know, theater, mm-hmm. film, whatever it may be for a writer. If they don't like your stuff, you got to rewrite a whole different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like as an actor, there's always opportunities out there and cause there's different, you know, you could do background, you could do whatever, but like as a writer, it's like, example, like with his first, you know, with the first thing he presented at that showcase he did. Yeah, and she, you know, he called, he called her, and she was like, "Oh, you know, get ready to get on to writing the next one." He was like, "What? What do you? What do you mean, write the next one? What That's about what, this one?" And after he put all his heart and soul into, sta- you know, sta- and that, he basically broke his back over just putting on the the workshop. <laughs> yeah, and that's the reality of it, right? Yeah. Is that the a career in the arts mm-hmm. is not like a one year career unless like you're super lucky or it's you're ongoing. just born into it, right? Yeah, like it's it's a I, I somebody told me once it was like it takes about five years to get situated and like established in the industry, and I believe that yeah. I truly do believe that yeah. now being out of school, yeah. being in the industry for a couple of years now, seeing kind of how it operates. And being a starving artist at times, right? Not literally starving, but to put the case in point, like, okay, how am I going to pay rent this month? What am I going to mm-hmm. be doing? You know, I mean, this, we've all been, this there. was such yeah. a, yeah, it's such a beautiful, like, just film about not even, not even about that, too. Like, okay, yeah, the art side is there and the, you know, your career, mm-hmm. but also about love and relationships, like the, the decision to either, you know, give up your career and move to uh, where? What was her name? Remind uh, me. Uh, I think it was uh, Susan. Jonathan's Su- uh, Susan. Susan yeah. yeah, yeah. To move with Susan, like to give up because he would have had to give up his basically his his whole dream. So, but mm-hmm. again, it's that it's that comfortability. I feel like right. Like some people are fine with that and okay with doing that. And of course, you have to make sacrifices. Anybody mm-hmm. in life knows that, especially if you're you know 
And, and with, you know, whether you're the artist or you're dating the artist, there's going to be sacrifices made because in reality, it's a really rough, I mean, until you get established, if you ever get established, it's not, it's rough. I mean, it's not, it's not sunshine and rainbows. There's a lot of questioning and really wondering. And like this film, Tick, Tick, Boom, I know we've watched other films that have tried to, you know, that have had explored the artist journey and and what it's Mm -hmm. like, but. I felt so connected to this because I was like, I've been there. Yeah. I, I know what this is like. Like I, I I empathize with Jonathan and understand what he's going through, not yeah. even just like with the art side, but with the relationship side as well. And I'm sure uh you can also, you know, uh, uh, empathize with this with his with his situation as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the universality of the um of both films, well, especially with rent as a play and and a film and then tick tick boom as a play and a film you know we each take something from these this uh what's presented to us because piece of art yeah and and because that's and any great piece of art will do that it asks the question of how far is enough and how far are you willing to go as an artist to follow your dreams and you know and I, I thought it was interesting with Tick, Tick, Boom that, and, and somewhat in Rent, in Rent itself, that the artist, you know, they re- remain as an artist as long as possible. And they have this idea of if they leave it, they're a failure in life. And I think <laughs> Larson kind of is struggling with that throughout Tick, Tick, Boom because he sees his friend Michael become successful and give up the arts and you know he goes for more monetary you know things because he's more wanting that particular type of life mm-hmm. and you know we've we we see friends do that as well as like sometimes we even are in that situation ourselves especially with with co when COVID hit it yeah. really we really saw that happen people left mm-hmm. you know that i graduated with and they haven't come back exactly because they they need the stability of a job or they need the stability of income, you know, and, and how, you know, we're still artists, but you know, you sometimes have to put aside that artistic side of yourself to really just get, get through this life in a yeah, sense. You, I mean, you have to you survive. Know? I mean, and you survive. have to make money. Yeah. And, and help those around you, you know? So, yeah, I had a question for you. Do you think, and, uh, just watching do you think michael was happy with the decision he made i think there was a sense of regret he really struck me as he saw how devoted jonathan is to putting on this workshop and and making tick tick boom which well the play that would become tick tick boom i should say mm-hmm. and how much he had a passion for his art like he didn't care if he lost his girlfriend, if he loses his friends, if he. But in a sense, though, Michael then becomes the anchor point to Jonathan, uh, kind of going off the deep end. In a sense, he brings mm-hmm. him kind of he grounds him, in a sense that he goes, "Hey, <laughs> there's other stuff out there, and sometimes you you do have to sacrifice certain things to achieve." the next level of your art because if you don't have money and you can't even keep the the electricity on in your own apartment (laughs) to compose well then 
how are you going to express your art? You, you Are you going to do like the silent play, you know, just mime it? You know, you could do that. Yeah. I mean, you do have your body. You could act it out and stuff. But, you know, it's like you need there's certain things that an artist needs, you know, like and like <laughs> electricity is one. A roof over their head <laughs> is, is another, you know, food, you know, food, like uh, that's you a, know, big one. a bed to sleep in, you know, and I found that he brings in that theme of losing everything and not having is a big issue for his characters because you see this in rent because you see the homeless, you see the drug addicts, you see, uh, artists, you see like every people from all walks of life. And then basically the haves and the have nots, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think why rent was such a, hit when it came out on broadway and people really connected with it was because of how it portrayed actual life and kind of the realism and not too many plays at the time had really that uh would show that kind of darker side to life and the 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 struggles of an artist um yeah and the fact that it's centered in like the cultural melting pot of the united states and new york Exactly. And we all lived it. We all went through that period of time during the 90s. You know, it was politically we were kind of a, a mess. And then also like, you know, uh, we were also discovering, you know, new medicines and stuff and like new diseases and, and new uh, uh, cures for things, you know. So it's like the sense of not knowing basically the, the fear of the unknown because comes into play because everyone also thought the world was going to end in 2000 but you know we, well, we're, we're, at least we're still i think we're still here I, I don't think we're in a simulation or anything but i think we're still here so <laughs> just who, who knows why we're here yeah just well we kind of discussed this on a previous episode with the matrix but you know i, yeah, I digress right? but <laughs> getting back to the realism of these particular films yeah i wanted to make one more point about yeah. that when you were talking about the the artist's life and all that type of stuff you were mentioning and uh, one of the one of the scenes that comes up to mind is when Jonathan basically is told you know go ahead and start writing the next one right I mean he put all mm-hmm. his time into that he's working at that diner he doesn't seem happy I mean he's happy he got it done he's happy that you know people went and saw it and and all this and uh you know Sodheim was in the in the back uh watching and, mm-hmm. and listening and he got that call from him and Yes, yeah, I mean, most a lot of the time that's all you need as an artist to realize you're doing something well. But I remember the scene where Michael tells him that he's HIV positive. He bursts into his office and he's like, "Hey, like, I need a job. Like, I'll do anything to go back to that focus group. I just, I need money. I need to pay because he's. I mean, at that point in time, he's desperate. And yeah, he's on his knees. That's, basically, that's the turning point in the film. I feel like because Michael, you know, that that's where Michael basically drops the bomb that. We, we Jonathan realizes that his his problems are nowhere in near you know what to Michael's dealing with, and he has that realization like, oh, like yeah, life. He he's so worried about being successful and doing something by thirty years old, when in reality, he probably you know, I mean we we know in real life Jonathan didn't have that many years left after that, but. He's so caught up in, yeah. and we've talked about this in in other films and in life as well, but he's so caught up in trying to be successful and trying to do that next thing and just 
he, he, you know, he forgets about Susan and he kind of forgets about Michael in reality, right? Because he just wants to create mm-hmm. this masterpiece that when Michael tells him that he's, you know, diagnosed with HIV, it, his yeah. whole world kind of just comes back to a realization like, oh, like, time is precious, you know? It's, yeah, you shouldn't, you don't have to get caught up. Yeah, of course we have to make money. We have to live, right? That's part of, that's part of life. But mm-hmm. you don't have to you can you can take time to stop and smell the roses and realize that you know be grateful that you're alive right i mean yeah it might suck you yeah. might have a, a not a great situation but you're alive like the, the best gift is is breathing i mean yeah. it, it just that that scene i mean yeah it, it's it you you should cherish the ones around you and because life is fleeting you know it we're it's it, we're only on this earth for like a blink of a second, in a sense. And that's what Jonathan's showing in, in Rent as well, right? Yeah. Like that uh, at the end when Mimi is dead, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah. oh, I mean, like appreciate. Uh, yeah, we worry about Rent yeah. and all that type of stuff. And that, I believe that's something Jonathan was trying to say. And then like when Michael was, you know, well, actually, in this case, it was the Lin-Manuel Miranda and in, in Tick, Tick, Boom's case, right? But it's yeah. like once you have that, once we get hit with those like those big, you know, gut gut punches, right? Like someone has cancer, mm-hmm. someone's dying, like you know, yeah. The, it I mean, you. our whole world, yeah, our whole world kind of just comes back in, and you realize like how fortunate we are, right? Like mm-hmm. as an artist, life can suck. It can absolutely suck. Yeah. And I mean, I've been there. Everyone's everyone that's been an artist has been there. Everyone yeah. that works in the entertainment industry has been there. Everybody's been there at their life at some point. But it's like, you know, Tick Tick Boom truly made me realize like that it's it's so important to cherish, like you said, cherish the people around you, and also cherish your time because you don't get it back. And Jonathan's like, oh, I got to get something done by thirty. I got to get something done by thirty. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah, people try to put a clock on their own lives. You can't do that. You just have to like live day by day and go and roll with the punches and whatever life throws at you, you have to that's that's why we're put on this earth to figure that out in some form or fashion. Now, you could choose to ignore it and just kind of float through life or you can actually choose to fight for uh the ones you love and 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 people around you and do some good in the the world so mm-hmm. you know i think that's what larson was really striving for as 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 to show life as a fleeting moment and also the struggle of the artist and you know i think miranda really picked up on that cuz he's lived it you know he's gone through that and he even said like this is the only film i already knew how to make mm-hmm. so i thought that quote from him was really interesting because i can't picture any other director doing a film like tick tick boom other than lynn manuel miranda oh yeah he's the perfect perfect choice for that right now he's one of the hottest writers in theater as well as in you know film itself you know for musicals you know he's done Moana he's done Hamilton he's done he just has hit after hit after hit and I think this is a really cool way to for him to break into the directing chair and show like kind of where his his roots are 
because his roots are very obviously musical and he's he the theater his theater background is amazing like he he's a hell of a writer <laughs> and I, yeah. I you know like i i was watching a thing on the creation of uh some of the songs that he wrote for hamilton and a lot of those he kind of threw into how larson kind of composed like larson goes to the pool to because he gets to a point where it's like he's he's literally just sitting at a keyboard and he doesn't know what to write and we've all like any composer musician you know even like a writer or director like you know when you're writing a script when you're you know trying to paint a, a picture or you know like we look at a blank canvas and we have you no gotta go clue for that inspiration yeah you and you go got and where's that inspiration come from and i i thought that was a really interesting scene where he you know larson was a swimmer so like he that's that was his therapeutic release and could like kind of redirect his mind to really get creative you know with manuel mm-hmm. uh, uh lin manuel he was on like a subway and he just started like kind of he had an idea at a, a friend's party i think and wrote it down like or sung it into um <laughs> a recorder and then he was like and then like he was staying a while at the the party or something and then like he had to, he said like i can't can't take it anymore i got i gotta go write this <laughs> and he just and that became one of the big hits uh um uh gosh i think i think it was the the one about time i forgot the name uh from oh, hamilton uh yeah, I'm drawing. I'm drawing blank. Let us let us go to Google this. Hamilton. I put time song in Hamilton one last time. I think so. It was, it, it, it was either one last time or um, I mean the one I always think of is my shot. I think I it was like my shot. It's like oh no, wait for it. I think it was wait for it. I wait for it. Yeah, it was wait for it, and yeah, it was wait for it, and how that became like. He had the melody in his mind and it just came to him at a party one because he was like, you know, breaking his back trying to f- figure this out. And, and then he went to a party and just got cl- like cleared his mind and then was able to like it just it was like, OK, it just came out and there it is. And I, I, I totally can relate to that. Just being a musician myself, you know, uh, we've all been in that situation where we're like sitting at a keyboard and. I, you know, try to come up with a melody or, or some kind of song and fashion something that sounds good. <laughs> and, and then it, you know, the more you work at it, the more it comes together. And sometimes if you've been working at it so much, it, you have to step away and like give yourself a fresh set of ears and sometimes eyes too. Um, so it, I thought that was a really interesting way. He kind of wove that into the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are you are you a composer that do you do lyrics first? Or do you do do you do? The, I always the start with first? usually like a rhythm, drums, and then I'll build it up with chords. Go. I I usually will start actually at the keyboard because piano. I, I took mm. years of piano, and that's where my musical foundation starts. And then I kind of build things around whatever synths or. Uh, melodies I come up with with uh, the keyboard itself and then mm. I'll add the other instruments in later but it's it's like peeling an onion you keep peeling it 
and layers, peeling it away. Layers, onions, and, and just onions, and, like layers. they're like layers. Yes. <laughs> well, music is very much the same way. I mean, like there was um, yeah. a story of Mozart that uh, someone found some manuscript of some of his old writing of um, some of his old tunes that he was working on, and it had layers of rewrites on it, and the first was the same as the last uh piece like the melody oh, the, wow. like and mm-hmm. you could and you go through it and you flip through it and you could see all the different uh variations of you know he try was just trying things but he always ended up i thought it was interesting he ended up at the where he started <laughs> which is kind of interesting he's like oh the first first one was good <laughs> i'll start with yeah, that i'll yeah. go with that one but you gotta you gotta try everything right as, as a as a composer as an artist you gotta you gotta it's part of the creative process different avenues yeah it's yeah, part of the creative absolutely. process you know both rent and tick tick boom take place in new york city mm-hmm. and to me personally i i saw a video about this one time a, a guy did this very creative thing but new york city is one of the most musical cities and i'm not even meaning by the fact of like people actually playing music i'm saying just the amount of noise yeah that is in that city alone like think about the amount of noises you hear i remember it was a video the guy basically took a sample of different noises he heard throughout the day and he composed a full a full like uh beat for it yeah out, out of all the noises he's and it's like that i think that's really cool that's awesome. that i feel like a, a city uh, that's living and breathing like new york city right I could, there's nowhere else like it in the world i uh, personally yeah. i believe that that is also a big inspiration for and also i mean it's an inspiration but it's also kind of a curse too right for uh for an artist that lives there because it's uh it's so how do you, you do so, it justice feel, yeah 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 and how do especially you especially when you have broadway and everything <laughs> i know and how do you tell the story of the making of the, of the making of <laughs> yeah which is really interesting because like tick tick boom is one of the best adaptations of a movie with like or play within a play because Mm -hmm. or the making of a play within a play (laughs) type of thing so and one of my favorite scenes is uh when larson's at the diner and he breaks into song and they have that big musical number and oh and it falls down and becomes a stage (laughs) and he just and everyone in that scene are people from broadway and I thought that was a great like homage to New York, too, because mm. and and also to Broadway itself, because you had Bernadette Peters there. You had, um, I forgot her name, but the girl from Hamilton. You had people from mm. like Wicked. Mm. You had people from all, all all the different shows that are like we we know, and they're all there just as like patrons of the diner, and they all start breaking into song. Which I thought was oh what a coincidence we're all here at the same time. It gave me La La Land vibes for sure. Yeah, but the thing with La La Land, I felt uh, that's a good good uh, connection. The thing with La La Land, though, I know a lot of people love it. The thing with La La Land that the beef I had with it was that it was like he was play acting a musical, and it just felt like they were kind of just going through the motions of a musical, and. Some of the tunes I do enjoy and and such, but it's well, A, I thought it was more depressing, and also B, it was I think more of the LA version of a mu- what they think a musical oh, is. Yeah. I, I agree. And I agree. I, I feel like only you know, I'm I might be saying sacrilege here, but only a New Yorker would probably know how to show New York 
<laughs> and and mm-hmm. really get do a justice and also do a musical justice because mm-hmm. i mean i i you know we're talking about the oscars and stuff you know i really do think tick tick boom was a better executed film than west side story i love spielberg don't get me wrong but it was a copy of something that's already been out and we live in the world of copies at this point Elliot. it's crazy exactly and i was like why did that get best picture personally i think this should have gotten best picture but you know make make your own decisions on that but (laughs) it's popularity Um, and the name behind it that does it honestly that's a big portion that's a big part of it but you would think uh a debut directorial well, directorial debut from Miranda would be like something that would get in the Oscars uh, attention. I really think this film really deserves that because it, it's, it is a work of art. It's, it's brilliantly written. Um, mm-hmm. I can, we can all draw perfectly casted and perfectly cast. Um, you know, same with rent. And I love that the movie rent brought back a lot of the original Broadway uh, cast. That was what was amazing about that 2005 film that came out. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing with Rent, the backlash that happened with that particular film, a lot of people were uh, mad that some of the songs were not, were cut out, um, you know, and people just, musicals are a difficult uh, medium to, like, show for people because not everyone's into them. You know, a lot of this. That's true. And and Rent is literally almost like wall to wall music in a sense. I mean, there oh, are. Yeah, there's like barely any. It's time. not like Les Mis. Les Mis was three hours of just singing. And after three hours, I was. My ear, your ears are fatigued after that. And it, it's a lot to take in because that's. It's just how. I mean, that's what they were kind of going for is the fatigue of, of this lot of of you know france revolution and you know anyway but well do you think that's why la la land is so well received because it is a musical but at the same time it's not too i guess beating down beating it beating the musical if that makes sense to you i think the reason why la la land hit a lot of chords was because um you have newer actors in it you also have uh it it presented jazz in a more newer light um mm-hmm. i thought the music was great for that the melody was very catchy and i think the themes you know it, it's about a relationship and a and a failed relationship at that and again yeah. you know the main guy is a and starving it's the artist. artist way again honestly. exactly yeah. exactly and then throwing in spots that were you know at least people from la are familiar with i think that's what they kind of claim that as like the la musical um Mm -hmm. i would say rent is more of the new york musical type of thing you know it's a little grungier grittier it's it's just yeah Yeah. it's yeah for sure i wouldn't say prettier i would it's grungier for sure (laughs) no i I was saying i said grittier oh grittier grittier. okay gotcha no not prettier no i was gonna say like how is how is rent no no it's gritty it's not pretty it's gritty it's gritty and not the dance i'm saying gritty like you know gritty pretty not that not the not the yeah you know what i'm talking about (laughs) anyway football again elliot we're back to football i know i know fold it like a lawn chair (laughs) oh (laughs) but anyway 
We really digress uh, well, on the show. I think, show. Elliot, we should fold this episode. I think we should fold up our lawn chairs. I think chairs we, and, we should. And, we should. And head out on this episode here. So, uh, definitely. I guess we could do one of my one of my good old fashioned like last last minute like dots periods mm-hmm. at the end of the sentence. I guess we could say to end off this musical number. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I'd say with Tick Tick Boom and Rent, you have two films here that truly encapsulate the life of an artist: the mm-hmm. the ups, the downs, also of life, and to I've said this before, so I don't want to say the exact same thing again, but truly appreciate life. You know, don't don't let time kind of just pass by. Uh, really appreciate the time you have on this earth. Appreciate everybody around you. And it's all right if you're not where you think you should be at this time. Everybody's timeline is different, and that's what makes life so beautiful. And with that, I'll put a dot, and we'll close the musical book. Have a good one, guys. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.